Welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. If you're looking for news, tips, and stories about fishing the Great Lakes, you've come to the right place. And now your host, Chris Larson. Welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast. We're continuing our coverage from the Greater Niagara Fishing and Outdoor Show. And right now joining us, we have Paul Powis, a captain from Erie, Ontario, and you're fishing so a, a bite that's uh, something that I don't think a lot of people know about. Tell us about kind of what your program is out of Erio. Yeah, Chris. So Erio is on the North Shore on the Canadian side out of Ontario. Um, we're directly across from Cleveland, about uh, 55 miles and a little west of Pelee Island. And uh, typically Erie's known for its walleye fishery, but we have a bonus catch there, which is uh, the rainbows or steelhead rainbow trout and uh, it's it's pretty good. So we can fish the same tackle, same spot, same everything, rod goes off, it's a walleye, you put it back, the next one could be a steelhead. So um, there's some tweaks we make in our tackle to, to uh, accommodate that, but uh, generally we're just uh, fishing and we take both species because the rainbows fight like crazy and jump and pull, and the walleyes are really good to eat. So it's a double whammy, right? Yeah, so a lot of fun. You never know what you're going to pull up. You said you make some some changes to your tackle. Tell me about that. Yeah, so one of the things we do, um, most of the trollers on, on the Great Lakes, be it Ontario, Huron, Erie, we, we're mostly trollers. And the, the advantage of that is you can cover a big body of water and moving constantly instead of just setting up on one spot. So most of these fish, the main forage, is, the bait fish will be their smelt or shad or whatever. So some guys will use a crankbait or a body bait as a, as a shad or a smelt imitation and the thing is they can catch walleyes and they can catch trout but a trout with a, a, a bait that has several sets of hooks typically what happens is they get one set of hooks in their mouth and the other side is in their head and they end up tangling everything so to avoid that because you have no control over what's going to bite your bait uh, we we do a mostly a spoon bite. So we'll run spoons off the downriggers, we'll run spoons off the dipsies, we'll run planer boards with spoons and jet divers, that sort of thing. So um, I, I pretty much shied away from the body baits just because you lose too much tackle, it's too much tangles, and a lot of downtime untangling puzzles versus fishing, and the spoons seem to alleviate that. So we, it's more of a spoon bite for us. What brings these fish to your area? Are they there all the time? What's this bite like? Well, uh, the beauty of Erie, and as everyone knows, that that the population, the walleyes there is just explosive. So um, there's a couple factors that, that contribute to the, those fish being there. And one is it's deeper, the central basin of Lake Erie. Um, it goes as deep as 80 feet. And if you're in the western end, it's a lot shallower, 17, 20 feet. So what happens is that water pours out of the Detroit River. It falls into there. It's a good spawning ground, Peely Island, uh, Colchester area, Leamington area, Wheatley area. But a lot of times that water warms up. And then when the water warms up, the bait doesn't like it. And neither and the walleyes and rainbow trout will follow the bait. So the bait's looking for cooler, deeper water. That's when they show up in the central basin. What is that forage base? Um, it changes. It, it used to be smelt all the time. 
And because I, I think because there's so many fish there and they're eating so much, the smelts kind of declined a little bit, but there's a good shad population and they eat the gobies too. Like they're, they're that ferocious that they have to eat. They'll, they'll eat whatever they have to offer. But I have seen in the last couple of years, the smelt populations are, are down a bit. I know they're eating yellow perch as well. So um, it, you, basically you want to match your spoon to the size of the forage that the fish are eating on. How are you setting up your gear when you're going after these guys? Uh, typically, um, unlike a bass fisherman that grabs a rod and a reel and casts it out and tries this technique and then tries another technique, as trollers, what we do to try to perfect that is we put a little everything out and see what works and what and that tells you what doesn't work. So um, typically my spread would be a couple of riggers and then I would run multiple dipsies. So I'd run a one dipsy on the inside, a two and a three. I'd run three aside. So that's eight rods. And the fishing has been that good the last three years that I can get away with eight rods. But then if maybe things are off after a cold front or whatever, we'll put the boards out too and I can run five on there. So up to an 18 rod spread if we're really trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And then uh, as the fish in the box starts to fill, we'll start pulling rods and uh, concentrate on areas. With the big planer board spread, we cover a lot of water in wide swaths, but turns are turns take a quarter to a half a mile. Yeah. So a lot of times if I'm on just a, a, a certain um, bait ball with, the, with really active fish, I'll pull the boards in, just fish the dipsies in the rigger and I can work tighter circles and stay on them like that. What kind of depths are you fishing in when you're doing this? Um, typically, and in, in it's wind dependent and current dependent and, and water temperature is key. So a lot of times earlier on in the year, we're closer to shore, but it, as the weather warms up and like late July, early August, when you're starting to get those, you know, high 70s, low 80 water temperature, surface temperatures, you want to find that uh, colder water for the bait. So um, generally, uh 40 to 60 a lot of times and then later on they just move up and down in the water column within that so the temperature is important to dictate exactly where they are and then you know you get a big strong north wind it's going to push the warm water out and the cold water comes in and vice versa so there's a lot of current there's a lot of uh, variances in that temperature as well what's a day like out on the boat with you when you're doing something like this for clients to come out there what, what would they expect uh, typically the clients show up at, and I run two programs. I do a seven to one or a two to eight. That's a half day charter. And I do an all day charter as well for a lot of my corporate guys. They don't want to get up early and bring customers. Hey, you got to get up at four to drive to be somewhere for seven. So we just leave it wide open. We'll go when you get out there. Uh, clients would bring, you know, uh, soft sold, soft sold shoes, a hat, some sunscreen, something to drink, a little bit of food. Uh, late, lately, a lot of my customers have changed their game plan. The fishing's been so good. They leave the food in the cooler in the car and they eat when they're done because they're so busy when they're out there. It's been that good. And, uh, you know, we, there's kibitzing and we do a lot of family stuff, a lot of corporate stuff, you know, a lot of uh, uh, stags for guys getting married and that, that sort of thing. But uh, the biggest ch thing is, you know, the guys throw five bucks down for the biggest fish. And it's kind of a, it's a private charter. Like we don't mix groups. So it's you and your buddies or you and mom and dad and aunts and uncles. And we get everything out there. So uh, I, I even did a wedding party where it, it was all girls and they had an absolute blast. The boys can do it. The girls can do it too. So they show up and uh, we go out and fish. I clean them for them when they're done. And the same walleyes that we're catching on Lake Erie are sold commercially, like through grocery stores and the 
rest. It's almost 20 bucks a pound at home in Canada. So um, they're taking home good groceries too. What's your season? What, what uh, months are you running? Um, recently retired the last couple of years. I used to uh, make my charters around my schedule, which how much time I could get off work. So now that I'm retired and I only fish, I concentrate July and August, which is when it's the warmest, the fishing's the best. I rent a place for a couple months and I move down there for the whole time. And two years ago, I went right into October. Last year, I had plans of going into October and after Labor Day, the wind blew out of the east every stinking day for a month and I finally decided it's not gonna happen. So typically, I concentrate everybody July and August and if I have some carryovers because of cancellation of weather, I would try to uh, fit them in in September, weather permitting, and uh, the fish are still there. It's just a lot of times that, that big winds come up in the fall and uh, I had 21 days of perfect weather two years ago after Labor Day and last year from Labor Day on it blew every day. So um, typically we try to get the guys out mid-July to mid-August and then we use carryover for the rest of the time. You talked wind there. The, the place that you're based out of that Erio, it has some interesting land around it and that you can kind of get back out of the wind when the wind's coming out of the west. Tell us about what you got going on. Yeah, so um, the where we're situated on the map, we're, Rondo Bay is right beside us. So um, if you were to go around the point of pins at Rondo Bay, you can be in 60 feet of water and get out of that west to southwest wind and you can get some protection from land. So a lot of times we'll just hug the shore and go right in the trough all the way down, get around the corner and people are like, oh, the wind stopped. No, it's still there. We're just behind land to stop it. And we remind them on the way back, we call it the long, longest three miles of their life because sometimes you get behind there and you don't realize how windy it really is until you come back around the point and then you're taking them off the windshield and the roof. But uh, it's relatively close to shore, but sometimes if, if it's really windy, we can still sneak a trip in there and, uh, and go. Yeah, you were telling me earlier about with that windbreak there, you kind of have an advantage with getting out into that deep water quicker. And then the other thing you were saying is a lot of times those bait fish that, that the fish that you're targeting, they're stuck kind of in an eddy. Yeah, and, and if you look at it on a map and the way the currents go, it actually goes down in there and it'll swirl. Like I've seen as, as high as uh, 20 degree temperature difference around the point versus out in front of the harbor. So that acts as a sanctuary for that bait and fish are well known to leave their, their preferred temperature to eat. So it's all about hunting for food. And if the food's in cold water around the point, that's where we're going to fish. Is there anything we didn't talk about that you wanted to touch on? Uh, no, it, it's, uh, it's, it's a great fishery. A lot of people don't like trolling because they say it's boring and the rest of it. But, um, you know, the best part of trolling is you cover a lot of water and you're not stagnant and stuck in one spot. Like I talked to some guys that ice fish and they go to one spot and if those fish aren't right under your hut, you're not catching fish. If you're moving around and, and doing that, and that's how I think about trolling. And, and you know, I, I do the other style of fishing, Detroit River and the rest of it. I don't guide for that, but um, I'm a natural troller. That's what I like doing. I can't cast very well, so that that makes a difference too. But uh, no, it's, it's a really good fishery. It's a fun little town. There's a microbrewery there. There's some good restaurants and uh, dressing up means uh, you wear your good flip-flops that don't smell like fish 
out for dinner, but it's it's good. Um, it's fun. My kids have grown up there. It's, it's been a really good uh, ride for me over the last 30 years. Captain Paul Powell. So if somebody wants to book a trip with you, how do they get in touch with you? They can find me at jpfish.com or um, find me, uh, email jpfish at rogers.com or give me a call. All my information's on the web. It's JNP Fishing Charters or Captain Paul Pouse, you can find me. I'm, I'm pretty much everywhere on social, so. Awesome, thanks very much. Thanks for listening, thanks for watching. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. For more information on fishing the Great Lakes, visit our blog at fishhawkelectronics.com.